All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop bowl presentation Welcome in, Hoop Ballers, to another Thursday night edition of your Box Score Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, David Bracey, here with Chris. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Getting hit with a little bit of snow, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> How about you? I'm um, hanging in there. They, they're saying the snow is going to be coming for me tomorrow, so I'll get my share uh, pretty shortly here. But for the time being, no snow, and I'm staying warm. Well, winter's here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It definitely is. And as always, so is NBA basketball on another Thursday night. Uh, short a game tonight, only five games on this card for Thursday evening. But we're going to take you through it tonight and break down all the scores. Starting off tonight in the Big Apple, New York going against the Phoenix Suns. Suns able to get the win 121-98, unsurprisingly, since the Knicks can't really seem to win any games. Um, on the Phoenix side of the ball, Mikel Bridges got 34 minutes for seven points on three or five shooting, got five rebounds, four assists, surprisingly no defensive stats and four turnovers. Um, Dario Saric, 28 minutes, 11 points on five of 12 shooting, gave you a three with six rebounds, three assists, a steal, no blocks, and a turnover. Devin Booker, 27 minutes for 29 points on 9 of 17 from the field. Only two threes tonight from Booker, but 9 of 11 from the line is very strong per usual. Four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and four turnovers. And then Rubio, 35 minutes for 25 points on 10 of 18 shooting. Three threes, two of two from the free throw line, eight rebounds, 13 assists, four steals, a block, and four turnovers. So a really cool line from Rubio, but the line of the night was the man in the middle. DeAndre Ayton, 
34 minutes for 26 points on 11 of 15 shooting, a perfect 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 21 rebounds, 15 of those defensively, two assists, two blocks, and only two turnovers. Uh, absolutely beasting in the middle tonight. Aaron Baines only saw 14 minutes off of the bench and didn't do a whole lot with him. Cam Johnson also saw 23 minutes off the bench for 10 points, two threes, four rebounds, and a block. Um, as far as the lines go tonight on the Phoenix side of the ball, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges got a little bit more of an extended run with Kelly Oubre being out of the lineup due to concussion protocol. Um, hopefully he'll be able to come back here pretty soon. As I said before, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, even when he wasn't starting and coming off of the bench, he was the person that you clearly wanted to own. We know his value. Um, now that he's back into the lineup, he's been looking really, really strong and it's going to continue to roll. Um, probably not at such an elevated clip as tonight, as I said, since Ubre was out of the lineup. More rebounds to go around, more usage to go around, but definitely really, really strong. I'm a big fan of Aiden and love his production. Um, and then Booker, even in 27 minutes tonight, I mean, absolutely scorching 29 points on 9-17 from the field is excellent. 9-11 from the free throw line is also excellent. He's really, really carrying you from the free throw perspective in nine category leagues, so you got to love his production. Uh, anything else really worth note on the Phoenix side of the ball for you, Chris? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I think um, it's really good for them to have Rubio running the show. Obviously, the, tonight they're playing against New York, which is a nobody. But I th um, from the flow of the game, you can see it really helps to have like a real point guard out there running the show for them. So I think that will help going down the road. Other than that, I agree. Much covered it. So um, hopping on to the New York side, we have Julius Randle leading all scoring with 26 points on 11 of 23 shooting with two three-pointers, six rebounds, three assists, and three steals. You'll take that three steal from Randle any day of the week. And uh, we welcome back Marcus Morris. So he has 17 points. The shooting wasn't very good for only four of 11, but he did hit uh, two three-pointers and had three rebounds, one assist, and one steal. Made his living on the line was 7 of 10 from the charity stripe. That's the only two starter from New York that was in double digits. So um, I, I believe RJ Barrett got injured, so he only played 14 minutes tonight. Ended up with uh, seven points. One three-pointer, three rebounds, two assists. Alfred Payton, the starting point guard, had eight points on 4-7 shooting, had two rebounds, three, seven assists, and one steal. And starting as center is Todd Gibson, had five points, only played 13 minutes. Five points, one rebound, and two turnovers. Coming off the bench, we have Mitchell Robinson, who had a much better game than usual because he played 30 minutes and was in foul trouble. Had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. You gotta love those 5 defensive stats he's putting out there. The rest of the team, Damian Dotson played 26 minutes, had 6 points on 3 of 6 shooting. Also chipped in with 2 rebounds. Nilkina was playing the uh, point guard off the bench, but really bad shooting, only one of seven for two points, and had one rebound and six assists. Bobby Portis managed to pull down 10 rebounds in the 17 minutes that he played, but was only two of seven from the floor with five points. Kevin Knox with seven points and four rebounds and two steals. And that's pretty much it. Um, I think, um, I believe this is the first time Mitchell Robinson's topped more than 25 minutes in the last eight games. So we know that he's, he's going to produce if he gets the minutes. But for some reason, they keep starting Gibson in front of him. So I don't know. I, I hope this is... This is a um, a sign of good things to come, but 
I don't know. Well, it may also be the fact that they just need some length to match up with Aiden on, on Phoenix. What do you think? You know, I can't really figure it out myself. I hope that it is the former and not just the latter, which would be just a more matchup-based opportunity for Mitch Robb tonight. Because, I mean, clearly he is the much more talented player. Um, it's complete mystery to me why Tosh Gibson is getting any run whatsoever. But it was very confusing to me when in the offseason the Knicks decided to sign well, four power forwards. I mean, so there's just a lot of confusion and dysfunction as far as New York Knicks basketball goes, which is really unfortunate for Mitchell Robinson's fantasy value. But I think even in limited minutes, just because of his just massive defensive potential, um, I mean, he's still going to be able to contribute to your team pretty significantly. Um, And then, of course, the field goal percentage is probably also going to be able to maintain a pretty high clip because even if he is giving getting limited minutes, that's only going to limit his shot attempts. And it's not like he's taking a high volume of those anyways. So a little bit of, a little bit of give and take there, but I, I, I'm with you. Hopefully this is the start of something good to come. Yeah, I think um, the Mitch Rob situation is frustrating, but he's still, like you said, like he's still putting up the, those great defensive stats, which keeps help flow of his values. So he's he's still very rosterable on, in standard leagues, and I would say anytime he has a bad game out there, you just keep floating those offers out there. If you need if you need those defensive stats, go see if you can pry him off a off a frustrated Mitchell owner. And yeah, you never know if if they 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 if they decide to give him the minutes, watch out. Yeah, I agree. All right, heading into our next game, the Boston Celtics uh, going against the Milwaukee Bucks. Celtics fell to the Milwaukee Bucks, 123 to 128. On the Boston side of the ball, Gordon Hayward got 32 minutes for seven points, but only made one of 10 field goals, and that one field goal he made was a three. A perfect 4-4 from the free throw line with five rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats, and a turnover. Tatum in the lineup, 40 minutes for 17 points on eight of 20 from the field. Gave you a three with seven rebounds, three assists, a block, and two steals. I'm sorry, two turnovers. Daniel Tice starting in the middle for 22 minutes on 12 points on five of eight from the field. Gave you a three, gave you 10 rebounds, two blocks, and a steal with zero turnovers. And then the high scores for the Celtics tonight, Marcus Smart and Kimball Walker. Marcus Smart got 36 minutes for 24 points on six of 15 from the field. Made five threes and a perfect seven to seven from the free throw line. Gave you four rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, and a turnover. Excellent line from Smart tonight. We know that he can contribute across the board. This is exactly what we're looking to see. Kimball Walker doing exactly what Kimball Walker does. Get you buckets in a high volume. 38 minutes, 40 points on 14 to 23 from the field. Excellent. Four three-pointers, eight of nine from the free throw line. 11 rebounds, three assists, a block, and two turnovers. Um, Really kept the Celtics in this game, both him and Marcus Smart making big plays down the stretch. Tatum was hitting big shots down the stretch, but Kimball Walker really turning on the Jets there late in the fourth quarter to push the pace and keep the Celtics in this game, um, which ended up being a lot closer than it was played. Uh, I think the the Bucs made something like 12 three-pointers in the first half, so... I mean, it was it, it, it was getting close to blowout territory, but the Celtics did a good job staying competitive. Um, off the bench, Cantor got 15 minutes for nine points on four sticks from the field. Only gave you one rebound and two blocks, so you'll definitely take the blocks, but we're not expecting that kind of defensive output from Cantor on a consistent basis. And then the only other guys off of the bench really of note, I guess, would be Simi Ojale got 19 minutes for six points on two or five from the field. Gave you two assists a rebound, and no defensive stats. But again, neither Simi Ojale or, in my opinion, Enos Cantor are guys who really have a lot of standard league value. Um, the value on the Celtics team, obviously, is confined to the starting lineup tonight. Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker really carrying the load, Jason Tatum doing what Jason Tatum does, um, and a pretty quiet line from Gordon Hayward tonight. But he's kind of been struggling as of late. You can expect that to normalize um, here soon. So maybe a good buy-low opportunity on Gordon Hayward 
Um, any thoughts from you on the Boston Celtics? Yeah, I was uh, I was gonna say talk about Hayward as well. Like he's definitely a by low target. Like he's been very not Gordon Hayward like the past few games. He's flip flopping with one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad game. And um, yeah, so if you can get him, like he's as steady as they come. This is just a weird stretch for him, I think. So moving on to the Milwaukee side, who got their revenge against Boston. Leading the way is Giannis, obviously, with 32 points, 17 rebounds, and 7 assists. Missed the triple-double by 3 assists. He also chipped in with 2 blocks. And we also have Chris Middleton with 23 points on A of 13 shooting. With three three-pointers, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Brooke Lopez doing his thing as well at the, in the middle. Well, not so much in the middle, but <laughs> 16 points on six of ten shooting, three three-pointers, three rebounds, one assist, and four blocks. Eric Blesso only had 20 minutes tonight. I wasn't able to watch this game. Uh, was he in, was, was the low minutes just due to foul trouble? You know, I, I'm really not sure. I'm assuming so since he had four fouls tonight, but, but tough to tell. I didn't see the entire game myself. Okay. Yeah. So um, 20 minutes, he managed to score nine points on, Two of nine shooting, so maybe the shot was just off, and I'll get to it later. DiVincenzo had a great game off the bench. Um, so Bledsoe also chipped in with two rebounds and four assists. Starting at shooting guard, we have Wesley Matthews, but he didn't hit a shot. So zero points, but did chip in with four rebounds and one assist. So as I mentioned, coming off the bench, DiVincenzo played almost 28 minutes, had 19 points on six of 11 shooting with four three-pointers, three rebounds, one assist, and two steals. George Hill also contributed 13 points on four six shooting, hitting all three of his shots from behind the arc, and chipped in with two rebounds and two assists. The rest of the bench, um, I think the only thing worth mentioning is Kyle Krover and Ilya Sova each chipped in with eight points. Ilya Sova also pulled down nine rebounds, which was pretty significant. So, yeah, I think um, that's pretty much it on the Milwaukee end. As far as um, fantasy goes, DiVincenzo would be a guy. I, I, I love his play. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I love to see this guy out there. And I actually wrote him for a while earlier in the season and when I believe Middleton was out for a while there. So DiVincenzo was getting a fair amount of play. He might not get a lot of usage on normal games, but he has a very good steal rate and he will hit you one, three, a game. So not going to contribute too much on the scoring front. We'll hover maybe just below double digits in scoring but will contribute right across the board if he gets the playing time. I I really hope he'll overtake Wesley Matthews, but if coming off the bench means him getting more touches, I wouldn't mind that either. Anything you see that I didn't mention, David? No, I think you covered it. Uh, I agree with you on DiVincenzo. Hopefully... Uh... Hopefully, yeah, he can win the lion's share of the minutes there between him and Wes Matthews um, going forward because Demon Tunjo definitely has definitely has more potential and definitely has more fantasy appeal. So I agree with you 100%. All right, heading into our third game for the evening. We saw the Utah Jazz taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. The Jazz win streak coming to an end as they lost 132-138. to 138. The Jazz put up 132 points, heavily assisted by Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell got 42 minutes tonight for 46 points on 16-34 from the field. Gave you seven threes, a perfect 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line. 
six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and three turnovers. Joe Ingles got 39 minutes tonight for 12 points on 5 of 11 from the field. Gave you a three. Struggled from the free throw line, one of three from the free throw line. But gave you five rebounds, six assists, two steals, and three turnovers. Rudy Gobert, man in the middle, 38 minutes or 17 points on 6 of 10 from the field. 5 of 9 from the free throw line with 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, and only 1 turnover. Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup, 36 minutes, 9 points on 3 of 4 from the field. Gave you a 3 and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, no steals, and no turnovers. And Bohan Bogdanovic, 40 minutes, 26 points on 9 of 17 from the field. Gave you three threes, a perfect five of five from the free throw line, three rebounds, four assists, no defensive stats, and two turnovers. Off the bench, Jordan Clarkson got 21 minutes for 15 points on five of 11 from the field with three three pointers, two two rebounds, two steals, and one turnover. So, again, per usual, the fantasy lines here, the fantasy value is confined to the starting lineup on the Utah Jazz. Um, Donovan Mitchell really getting the job done for the Jazz tonight. Um, shooting pretty strong, 16 and 34, 47% from the field, pretty strong. Um, 46 points. You definitely love to see that. You love what Bogdanovich has been doing as of late. Also been shooting really efficiently, giving you a lot of points on on a high clip. Um, and then Rudy Gobert. I mean, this is a this is a I mean a really really prototypical. Rudy Gobert line tonight, 17 points on 6 of 10 from the field, really anchoring you in field goal percentage, giving you that high volume of rebounds and bringing it defensively with the three blocks on a limited amount of turnovers. And 5 of 9 from the line isn't great, but it doesn't absolutely murder you. Um, Gobert has been pretty solid this season. I'm personally a fan. Um, And as I said, like Joe Ingles, as long as Mike Connolly is going to be out of the lineup, he's going to continue to roll. Connolly did go through a more elevated workout today, so it looks like he is on the cusp of a return. However, we really don't know what that will mean for the Jazz going forward, what that will mean for their starting lineup, what that will mean for Ingles and Connolly. To be completely honest, we don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy and actually consistently stay in the lineup. So definitely a situation to monitor, um, and we'll just we'll wait and see. Uh, anything of note regarding the Jazz from you, Chris? No, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, I'm a Bogdanovich owner, so I noticed uh, he he was in a bit of a dry spell kind of later in the second half of um, December. The the there was a bit of a scare there. The points were low and the percentages were were dropping, but he has since then recovered. Bogdanovich is solid. He's a solid source of points, threes, and that's one of those rare guys that gets you those big three-point contribution without hurting you in the percentages. So, yeah, I think he's a great player to own there. And like you said, um, that Conley situation, we'll just have to keep monitoring, and we'll see how Utah deals, uh, how Utah's rotation changes when he comes back. Now, on to the New Orleans side. Mitchell Robinson, uh, Don Mitchell had a great game, and Brandon Ingram said, I'll do you one better with his 49 points on 15 of 25 shooting with three three-pointers, and he took 23 throws, hitting 16 of them. He also chipped in with eight rebounds, six assists, and a block. It was just the Brandon Ingram show on the New Orleans side. We also welcome back Derek Favors, who had 21 points on 10 of 12 shooting and pulled down 11 rebounds, had three assists, two steals, and three blocks. He is doing the work on the defensive end for them. The rest of the starters are all in single digits. The only person of note will be Lonzo Ball, who played a ton of minutes, 42 minutes, only to contribute five points because of horrible shooting night for him, two of 12 from the floor. Had one three-pointers, four rebounds, but did was running the show, had 13 assists, and also chipped in with two blocks. Nicolo Melli got the start at the, the power forward position, played 26 minutes, only, only had seven points and four rebounds. 
Josh Hart had nine points, seven rebounds, but did chip in with three steals and one block. The bench on the New Orleans side was doing most of the scoring work. Etom Moore had a very efficient shooting night with 16 points on 7-11 shooting with two three-pointers. Also chipped in with two rebounds, one assist, and a steal. Frank Jackson had 10 points on 3-5 shooting at three rebounds, one assist, and a steal. Mikhail Alexander-Walker had 12 points on 5-11 shooting with two three-pointers, one rebound, and three assists. Jackson Hayes also had nine points on, in his 12 minutes, hit all three of his shots, and also pulled down five rebounds and one block. Now, for those owners that were streaming Jackson Hayes while Derek favors out, you can safely cut him, throw him back onto the wire. Derek favors is back. He's going to take up the most, most of the minutes at center as they they do need their the his defense in the middle like he's that anchor he's the anchor for that team on the defensive end they need him that's uh, new orleans looks like just a completely different team with him out there and that's kind of what the the boys on our new podcast today in sports betting they were leaning on, in this game, they were leaning New Orleans on the spread. And New Orleans actually pulled out pulled out a win. And the big point here was, one, Ingram's, Ingram's coming back into the lineup. And also Derek Favors. And Derek Favors is a big piece of this New Orleans team. Uh, anything else you see from New Orleans? Uh, no, uh, no. Honestly, I think that you covered it. Um, I guess we're really just we're just waiting for uh, next week for Zion's return. Curious to see um, what his minute totals look like for the rest of the season going forward. I, I just I'm very very excited to see him play, as I'm sure the entire world and the entire league is. Um, so looking forward to that. But yeah, I think I think you pretty much covered it. All right. And this would be an excellent time, speaking of sports leans, for me to give a quick shout out to our favorites at MyBookie. MyBookie is the number one place for you to go to place your sports betting. They have more lines and better odds than any other sports book around. And we've got a big Sunday coming up. I mean, conference championships, you got the Titans and the Chiefs, the Packers and the Niners. I don't know if you're a football guy, but if you're not, even if you're not, they've got all the sports lines just for you. They've got NBA. They've got NFL. They've got the Premier League. Pick your poison, whatever you want. They've got you covered at MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to go make some bets on the conference championships or the Super Bowl or anything in between. My bookie is where you want to go. They've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and an incredible 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. So let's say you've got a couple big favorites this week. Parlay your wagers, let you make multiple bets together, and if they all come through, you win big. I said it once, and I'm going to say it again. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around, and you can bet on it. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000, a grand, a stack. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Who doesn't like free, especially when it's free money? All you have to do is use our promo code BOXSCORE to activate the offer. Let me tell you one more time. That promo code is BOXSCORE to get your extra cash from MyBookie. MyBookie. Bet, win, and most importantly, 
get paid. All right, heading into the final two games of the evening, we saw an absolute blowout between the Clippers and the Magic. Final score of 95 to 122. I mean, it was, I can't emphasize enough, it it was just not a fair fight at all. And the Clippers were shorthanded, so that says a lot about um, a lot about the Magic. And I mean, to be in, in fairness, the Magic are without DJ Augustine. They are without Jonathan Isaac. Uh, they did have Fournier back in the lineup tonight, but they struggled mightily. Um, on the Magic side of the ball, Aaron Gordon got 28 minutes, 20 points on eight of 11 from the field. Gave you four threes, five assists, and absolutely nothing else. Kim Birch got 19 minutes. And did absolutely nothing with them offensively. Gave you three rebounds, two assists, no defensive stats, and three turnovers. Nikola Vucevic, 29 minutes for 22 points on 8 of 13 from the field. Gave you three threes and a perfect three of three from the free throw line. Nine rebounds, four assists, a steal, no blocks, and only one turnover. Fournier, as I said, back in the starting lineup. 29 minutes. For 15 points on 6 of 15 from the field, 3 of 5 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, no defensive stats, no turnovers. And then Markel Fultz, 29 minutes in the starting lineup tonight, 11 points on 5 of 17 from the field, gave you a 3, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 turnovers, a steal, and a block. Off the bench, Terrence Ross and Wes Windu got 28, 28 and 27 minutes respectively. Terrence Ross got 16 points on 5 and 15 from the field. Four of those were three-pointers, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, and a turnover. And then Wes Windu, eight points on three of eight shooting, gave you two threes, four rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. Uh, Mo Bamba got some run tonight, 18 minutes, but didn't do a whole lot in him. Only a point, seven rebounds, an assist, and a block. And really, those are going to be the only guys of note off the bench. But again, Terrence Ross, Wes Windu, and Mo Bamba, in my opinion, are not going to be standard league guys. Um, Markel Fultz is going to have all the opportunity he can handle now, especially with DJ Augustine being out of the lineup. Uh, He continues to get over 10 points per game pretty consistently. Um, We're looking for everything else to come with that. He's been contributing pretty consistently in assists as well. So some sneaky value there. Fournier. Back in the lineup, hopefully <clears throat> he can continue to provide some floor spacing for the Magic, who don't really have a whole lot of outside shooting, so they're going to be leaning on him very, very heavily again, especially in the absence of DJ Augustine. And then, as I said, not a whole lot um, really to talk about on the Magic. They got absolutely stomped tonight. Uh, they gave their starters the run because they don't really have a whole lot of players otherwise. Anything uh, of note from you, Chris, on the on the Magic side of the ball here? No, you pretty much covered it. I think, um, yeah, not there's not a lot of interesting things coming out of Orlando in terms of fantasy. With Isaac going down, um, we don't see anyone really picking it up. It's more just kind of spread among the the starters and the fringy Terrence Ross. And now with um, DJ Augustine also going down, uh, Fultz is going to get his run all the minutes that he can handle. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Now, moving to the LA Clippers side. So, Orlando wanted to go home with 2-0 from LA, and Kawhi Leonard said, uh-uh, not going to happen. 32 points on 12 of 20 shooting with four three-pointers, five rebounds, and five assists, a steal, and a block. Just contribution right across the board. And with 32 big ones, this absolutely pounded the Orlando team. They had nobody that could stop them. And mind you, most of these, most of the damage was done in three-quarters of work by Leonard. So at point guard, we have Patrick Beverly, who only played 20 minutes, but did manage 10 points on 4-4 shooting, one three-pointers, two rebounds, and seven assists, and one steal. Landry Shamit 
had 13 points on 5 of 13 shooting with three three-pointers, three rebounds, two assists. Zubats started in the middle, had eight points, hit all four of his shots from the field, and also pulled down eight rebounds and chipped in one assist and one block. Mo Harkless started but only played 13 and a half minutes, had zero points, and six rebounds. Coming off the bench, the usual suspects. Lou Williams didn't have a good shooting night, only 11 points on 4 of 14 shooting, with one three-pointers, four rebounds, and five assists. Montres Harrell had 21 points to lead all bench scoring for the Clippers, and 9 of 15 from the field, 3 of 9 from the charity stripe, which really hurts, but he'll take that 21 points and 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 block any day. Jermichael Green also had a very solid game with 11 points and 13 rebounds. As you mentioned, the game was a blowout, so Jermichael got a fair bit of run with 20 and a half minutes. Others of note, um, Patterson, Patrick Patterson has played 13 minutes, had 10 points with two threes, four rebounds, and one assist. And yeah, that's that's about it from the Clipper side. I think um, one interesting thing you might want to keep your eye on is um, the Zubats minute watch. For the past two games, he's um, he's had over 20 minutes. So I don't know if there's a shift and if the organization is planning on giving him more run. Zubas is always solid on the on the rebounding end and he doesn't need a lot of touches. So um, definitely keep an eye on the situation. He will be solid guy f- source for rebounds and blocks. David, anything you see? Yeah, I agree with you about the uh, about monitoring the whole Zubac situation. Um, I've also been hearing some some rumblings about a potential trade for uh, Trez out of L.A. So interested to see what that would open up if that was the case, because, um, of course, then Zubac would immediately, I mean, be, <clears throat> in my opinion, in, in must own territory simply because we can anticipate if he is moved out, it's probably going to be for another forward um probably not a center so you can anticipate the Zubas going to get the majority of that run um however depending on the player that they bring him in it could alter the minutes um it's really definitely like i said a situation to monitor and something that i'm curious to see how that materializes but like you said um i think you i think you're pretty well covered as far as the clippers go which brings us into our final game tonight which has 15 seconds left in the game as we speak. The Golden State Warriors up two on the Denver Nuggets in the Bay, 113 to 111. The game started out pretty lopsided, <clears throat> honestly, but there has been some pushes on both ends of the court here. And we find ourselves with 15 seconds left in the game and a very close score. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. On the Denver side of the ball, Torrey Craig, 16 minutes, zero points, three rebounds, an assist, two steals, and a turnover. Jeremy Grant, 27 minutes, six points on three of 10 from the field, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two turnovers. Will Barton got 37 minutes tonight for 25 points on nine of 18 from the field, gave you five threes. Five rebounds, seven assists, a steal, a block, and two turnovers. Monty Morris starting at point guard tonight. Sands Jamal Murray, 25 minutes for 11 points on three and nine from the field. Gave you three, two rebounds, three assists, and one turnover. And then Nikola Jokic in the middle, 39 minutes for 21 points on nine of 18 from the field. Really struggled early, but looking like he uh, kind of finally got the game to kind of come to him. Didn't, have, didn't hit a three tonight, but was perfect from the charity stripe. 11 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, 
and a high eight turnover. So I'm really, really giving him the business tonight, really, really making him feel uncomfortable. Off of the bench, Porter Jr., 24 minutes for 16 points on six of eight from the field. Gave you three three-pointers, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, no blocks, and no turnovers. And then Malik Beasley, 34 minutes, 21 points on eight of 14 from the field. Gave you five threes, three rebounds, and assists, three steals, no turnovers, and no blocks. The Nuggets are without Gary Harris. They're without Jamal Murray. They're without Paul Millsap. Um, Jamal Murray looking like he's going to be out for a while. Um, not really sure what specifically that's going to mean for their lineup going forward. Um, but tonight, definitely offensively, they really, really struggled to find a rhythm. You can anticipate that to be kind of a continuing theme going forward with the Nuggets since they're going to be relying so heavily on Jokic to get them going offensively. You'll see a lot of Will Barton. You're going to see a lot of Monty Morris, Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench, and Malik Beasley. Those are going to be the primary guys that they look to score um, since Jeremy Grant really doesn't have a whole lot of an offensive um, arsenal. Um, and speaking of the Nuggets, it's looking like they're heading into overtime here in Golden State, tied up 113 all, and then the OT. Um, so, Chris, go ahead and take it away with the uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, another overtime game. <laughs> um, exciting night. Two Can't out of five. So, yeah, on the Golden State side, as of now, we have um, – Glenn Robinson, the third leading all scoring with 17 points on 6 of 10 shooting, three three-pointers, six rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. D'Angelo Russell has 16 points, but only five of 17 shooting. All five shots coming from downtown with three rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Damian Lee, after his two-game, after his two-game uh, missing two games, comes comes back with 16 points on um, five of 12 shooting, two three-pointers, four rebounds, six assists, a steal and a block contribution right across the border. Willie Cauley Stein, the man in the middle, also had 10 points on four or five shooting, six rebounds, two assists. A steal on a block. Draymond Green was running the show tonight. Didn't get much touches. Only had four points on two of eight shooting, but did chipping with eight rebounds and seven assists, a steal, and two blocks. So those are your starters. Coming off the bench, we have Alec Burks leading the bench scoring with 17 points with three of 10 shootings. All three coming from downtown. May, most of his scoring came from the free throw line, A of nine on the free throw line. Also have four rebounds and a steal. Eric Paschal has 16 points on four of seven shooting. One three-pointer, seven of seven from the free throw line. Four rebounds, two assists, one steal. And... Omari Spellman, after a few good games, this is kind of a letdown. Only three points here with one three-pointer, one rebound, two assists. Jordan Poole had 10 points on four of nine shooting, two three-pointers, two assists, and two rebounds and two steals. And Marquise Chris also made a comeback, but this is uh, four points, three rebounds. Assists, a steal, a block. And that's what we have at the moment as we are into overtime here. Um, the Golden State Warriors, I think, um, will continue to run Damian Lee out there. He's proven to have a solid spot in the rotation. and He will con continue to contribute for your fantasy team. So if you pick them up, keep riding them. And um, as for um, Russell and Draymond, I believe this year is just, Golden State is just going to, 
they they will soon enough they'll turn their focus into developing their younger players. So um, if you can't get any kind of value out of Draymond, do it. And if you can, if um, Russell has a good game, try to sell him off as soon as you can. Like these guys will, they will have their values, but I just don't trust it. I'd much rather have someone that's more more steady and I can count on into the fantasy playoffs. Anything you see here, David? No, I think you pretty well covered it. Um, yeah, I think I think honestly, Chris, yeah, you pretty well covered it here with the uh, with the Warriors, and I think I, I definitely agree with your points on on Russell and Green. Definitely, I, I I'm firmly in the camp of if you if you're if you're a Russell owner, see what you can get um, after a big game. Definitely don't you know sell yourself short or anything, but. If, there's somebody in your league who's willing to give you a top 40 guy, top 35 guy for D'Angelo Russell. You absolutely take that um, 10 times out of 10, in my opinion. And yeah, with Draymond, I mean, it's really just a situation where, I mean, it, it could be, all I can say is it could be worse. You know, it, it, you could own, you could be a Mike Conley owner. If you happen to own Mike Conley and Draymond Green, uh, I am so sorry. Then I, I don't really know what to say outside of that, except for my condolences. Um <laughs> But yeah, and I definitely like Damian Lee um, to finish out the season here. I think he's looking really strong, clearly can play well, even alongside D'Angelo Russell and definitely Sands Russell um, being outside of the lineup. So I think Lee's going to have a lot of value. And Spellman, as you said, was pretty disappointing tonight. If you were in the camp um, and you're looking at Spellman or Wood after two subpar performances, who would you cut? Who would you hold? You said Spellman and Wood? Yep, or Christian Wood for uh, the Pistons. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think... I don't know if they could actually trade Drummond away and open up some minutes there. But I don't know, that's tough. But we've seen Wood do it more than uh, we've seen Omari Spellman. So my lean is on the wood side, but recently it's really been underwhelming. How about you? Yeah, you know, I I think that I would lean more towards Christian Wood, but underwhelming is definitely the correct verbiage um, for his performance as of late. And definitely Spellman, I mean, I was thinking that Spellman was firmly, you know, ahead of Pascal, but it looks like, I mean, tonight, minute total-wise, Pascal has almost 20 minutes, and Spellman's sitting around 15. So not a huge amount of variance there, but definitely something to monitor and definitely noteworthy um, given how hot of a pickup that Spellman was. But, yeah, other than that, I definitely agree with all your points here on Golden State. And it's looking like the Warriors are going to keep this thing close up until the very end. Currently 122-121 Denver. About two minutes left in overtime. David, come to think of it, um, I think um, on the Spellman front, if you were lucky enough to pick him up, hold him for now. Because Willie Constein has uh, 33 minutes of play tonight. And very well might be just to match up with Jokic. So hoping that's the case and hoping Svelman will get more run uh, if they're matching up with some other smaller centers. So that's my hope there. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's a great point. And I definitely think that Colin Stein's length has given Jokic some some pretty good problems tonight Um, because he definitely early on was struggling offensively. Uh, got an early tech. You could tell he's really, really frustrated. It was taken out of his game, not thrown completely out of rhythm. So looking like he's back on track now. Currently 125-121 Denver Nuggets. Uh, I think we're heading into a commercial break. So, Chris, where can everybody here on the Hoop Ball Network and all our 
amazing listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CmanUBC. Feel free to toss me any questions you have fantasy-wise. I'll be happy to answer you. How about you, David? Where can our listeners find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter as well at DFB underscore three. Um, yeah, hit me up. And, of course, catch me next week on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another edition of your daily box score breakdowns. Um, Chris, do you have any projects coming up with HoopBall? Um, not, nothing big. We're, uh, we're kind of in, into the dog days. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just... I'll be here every Thursday. Awesome. Well, you know I will be too. And we hope all you listeners out there will join us. For everybody here at Hoot Ball, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of your Thursday evening box score breakdown. Chris, thank you as always. Our listeners, thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great night. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.